Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. I want you to know I worked very hard to get that one in quick. Your name? Yeah. This is no, something I have that like we a weird internal delay. Ryan and I have talked about it. It's like he says my name and like I know it's coming on the podcast. And he says it and like I still have an internal delay, even though I'm sitting there waiting. <laughs> I mean It's like it's... processing, processing, go. Right. You would really struggle to be like an actor. You're like, your line? Your line? <laughs> yeah. Wait, give it a second. Oh. And then run out on stage. <laughs> And the thing is, it's not like I've forgotten it. Oh, no. (laughs) I would hope not, Rachel. (laughs) Here's a fun fact about me that I've never lived down. Um, I was in fourth or fifth grade at a spelling test, and the only thing I got wrong was my name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's way too old for it, for that to be happening. I still remember the word I got wrong in first grade. Really? What was it? It was train. And I knew in my head it was spelled with an N at the end. And I said <laughs> M because, again, welcome to the show. My name is Ryan Bott. I second guess all of my questions, all of my answers. Since <laughs> seven years old, first grade. Yep. Right. <laughs> it hasn't, I haven't skipped a beat since. Oh my gosh. Some things never change. Yeah. Did you guys have like actual spelling bees or was it just like a spelling test? Mine was a test. We did have spelling bees, but I was never very good at spelling. So I'm not sure what happened after like the class round. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. This one was just in the class itself. And I was like, I don't know, maybe three or four remaining. And then we did have them in elementary school. I remember the person who won, won on the word hospital. Wow. Um, in maybe fourth grade i forget exactly but um yeah i w- i'm not not the most i'm not the greatest speller either prerequisites should be spelling necessary oh god that's one of my worst ones <laughs> i i still don't know how to spell it right and if spell check didn't exist it would be the end of my <laughs> world here. i can't spell exercise like no matter what i do i think i was like sick the day that like we learned that in school i just never <laughs> learned it <laughs> There's a lot of words that I, there's a few of those that I I now have like an internal every time I see it is when I, whenever it's definitely, it's definite, def, f i f i n i t like definitely. (laughs) So we had a, there's a, there's a kid in my class and in my grade, uh, whose name was Thomas or, and then O-R-R. And so in order and he went by tom and so like in order to teach how everybody how to spell tomorrow we used his <laughs> name and it was like tom or al and like it's that stuck in my head ever since then too <laughs> i always felt bad for him because it was like all right your full name is now the example for like i don't know 50 plus people to learn how to spell this word right there's a lot of words i look at and they always just look wrong to me like the just the visual letter set like anytime i look at the word guitar i'm just like that's not it's how it's spelled but it's not how it looks like it's supposed to be spelled the u and the i is just doing something weird there yeah yeah wink wink nudge nudge to what (laughs) said the u and the i are just doing something weird there. (laughs) wow (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, it's not going to get better than that. So let's get to some trivia. <laughs> this is the 86th ever episode. 86. And uh, we have, again, round robin style, two rounds for each of us. And uh, we'll get to some trivia. And we'll start, as always, with Stu. Sweet. Uh, alrighty. So I, I'm willing to bet that this is the episode that is finally the tiebreaker, or not the tiebreaker, the, the streak <laughs> ender, right? Uh, the combo breaker for you and Rachel, Rachel and I. don't have yeah. the exact same rounds again. I'm I'm Jeez. thinking so. Um, <laughs> so my first round is with uh, portmanteaus, and so I'll either ask you it, there are questions about portmanteaus, right? Like either what's the what are the words that combine for it, what is the portmanteau itself, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, Rachel, your round is not on <laughs> portmanteaus, is it? Uh, no. Um, okay. I was trying to remember the definition of portmanteau, <laughs> even though I know Ryan has told me on the show like seven times. That's okay. Well, uh, the so thing I is, Rachel, if you take both yours and Stu's questions and you put them together, they'll create <laughs> yeah, the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a portmanteau is you're right. Two words um, mashed together, uh, you know, such as um, staycation. Staycation, thank you. That's a good one. Um, trying to, of course, my brain goes right to my like list of questions. <laughs> uh, right, staycation, uh, stay, vacation, right, um, that sort of thing. Got it. So, question number one: Spam is a portmanteau of what two words? Mm, I know one of them. <laughs> one's yeah, one's a ringer, or like a dead giveaway. But what's the other one? Um, I don't think it's Spatzel. Spatula. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the first one is. Is it spam and ham? It's not spam and ham. <laughs> but that would be great. Rachel. Is it spoof and mail? Uh, it is not, no. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong type of spam. Oh, uh, oh. yes. Uh, yes, this, <laughs> okay. sorry. I should have specified. I'm so sorry. Uh, this would be the canned, um, canned good that nobody really likes, but certain people do if you're like Hawaiian. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about the, the email spam. I didn't either. Yeah. I, I can only... Ham has to be one. I just don't know what the other one is. Ham is one of them. I will give you that. So it's whatever the first one is. Sparkle. It is not sparkle ham. <laughs> Any other guesses? No. This would be spiced ham. Spiced. Which I thought was wacky. And I had to put it in here because I also hate spam. So I don't even remember the last. I haven't had it since I was a kid. I don't think I've, I think I might have had like one bite of it at some point in my life and I did not like it. Ugh. Spiced ham. That is what spam stands for. Next question number two. I'm looking for the um, portmanteau. Right, so I'm going to give you the description of what this is, and I'm looking for the portmanteau. The hint will be the two words that you would combine together to get the portmanteau. So, okay. um, first is going to be the description of it, and I need the portmanteau. Question number two: This is lodging designed for motorists. Rachel. Rachel. Motel. It is nice work. Wow. Nice work. I was thinking motorhome, and I couldn't. Couldn't it's connect the dots there. Motor hotel. I mean, it's yeah. Well done, Rachel. Two points to you. Question number three. Uh, it's going to be similar to question number two. I'm looking for the portmanteau. 
Um, the first part will be the description. And then if you don't get it on that, then the next one will be the actual words themselves. Looking for the portmanteau. Question number three, a basic unit of digital information. A basic unit of digital information. Ryan. Ryan. A byte? Could you spell it for me? B-Y-T-E? That is not byte, no. Rachel. Rachel. B-I-T-E? Uh, it is not V-I-T-E, no. Not like a byte. <laughs> I swear to God, like if there's count. no E at the end, <laughs> that would be uh-huh. a question myself. So I'm going to go to the two words that combine, uh, since you guys have guessed already. Um, the two words combined, or the two words that you would combine would be binary digit. Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Byte or bit. It's like it's like gif or jif, who whatever. Yeah. B I T. Yes, that is correct. It is bit. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. A basic unit of digital information, a binary digit, a bit. Huh. I know. I don't know what a, the difference between bits and bytes are, but I guess it is significant. <laughs> <laughs> well, a byte is eight characters. Oh, yes. Then this would be yes. Then the, this would be one. Like a pint's a pal in the world around. A bit's a byte. <laughs> it's a byte. <laughs> nice. One point to Rachel there. Question number four, and the last question of my round, possibly the hardest one. Uh, so I'm going to be looking for, once again, the portmanteau itself, though the description is rather long. Um, okay. And the original description has one of the words of the portmanteau in it. A cabriolet is a small horse-drawn carriage found in cities for hire. The word was later used for a car whose top folds down. A cabriolet is half of what portmanteau? And that would be spelled C-A-B-R-I-O-L-E-T. I hope that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, and I'm sorry if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm looking for the portmanteau, and one of the words of that portmanteau is cabriolet, a small horse-drawn carriage found in cities for hire, later used for a car whose top folds down. R- Ryan? Ryan. Is it just convertible? It's not convertible, no. A cabriolet. A small horse-drawn carriage found in cities for hire. I have no idea. Can I try again? Sure. Is it just carriage? It's not carriage, no. So the other word that you would combine is taximeter. So taximeter and cabriolet. Rachel? Rachel. Taxicab? That's correct. (laughs) It is taxicab. Oh, I didn't even get there initially. Wow. Cabriolet was like the, you know, a cab, right? Essentially, huh. uh, the okay. official word for it. And then it became a taxi cab when a uh, taximeter or a, a machine that calculates the cost of goods and services was applied to it. And then therefore it became a taxi cab. The whole thing about a car's top whose falls down is, I guess, kind of a, a wild goose chase. Yeah. <laughs> nice huh. job, Rachel. Cool. Uh, one point Whee. to you. And that is the end of the portmanteau round. All right. Well, we take both these scores, we mash them up together. We have five points. <laughs> Sweet. My, myself with one and Rachel with four. I like how you put that so you could just like casually slip in that you only had one point. Of view. <laughs> and uh, Rachel, it is your turn. 
Okay, so uh, although my round is also looking for words, it is completely different. Okay, good. Which is a first. So mine is all about architecture terms. Ooh. So I'm looking for different terms. Take it on the clues and the question what I'm asking for. Question number one. Also used as a mild insult in English, this term contains the name of an animal and references a building with an overhang, overhanging covered parking spaces. Think of an apartment building where the very where the lowest level is just is open parking for cars. References an animal. Yeah, it's also a mild insult. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is a dingbat. <laughs> Is that guess? Yes, that's my guess. Two points to stew. Oh my god. No. <laughs> no way. I kid no you not. Dingbat way. is a type of building most prominent in the 70s and the 80s, where generally they're three or four stories high, and the lowest level is uh, just like parking spaces, and then you have apartments above it. So you go to park in the dingbat? It's, yes, it is called a dingbat. Uh, Shout out to my own mother again for this question. She asked it to me over the phone, said I should use it. I think it's a brilliant question. Dude, dingbat has been an insult that my family has used since I was born for you know various <laughs> things, right? Like, I'm amazed that <laughs> that is what it actually is. I learned uh, yesterday that dingbat was... That actually had another definition than as an oh insult. My, oh my god! Oh, I love the my before god. and after of the uh, of the unique Microsoft Word spelling language. It's the wingding bat. The wingding bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just imagine some overworked architect came up with this alone at night in their office. They're like, "I need to name it." I'm not being supervised. Ha ha, dingbat. Dingbat. It also seems, there are some of those in Chicago, and it just seems like the dumbest architecture choice. Like, it seems so, maybe I'm missing something, but it seems so, like, structurally unsound. Yeah. Like, let's just uh, let all of the cars sit at the bottom, and we won't really let it rest on a foundation. So... The way I read about it is so, like, I mean, it still has the central pillars of a foundation that every bu building has. Sure. It still has all of that. So if you're not in, a, like, an earthquake-prone area, it's decently stable and safe like any other building. It's not as safe if you're in an earthquake-prone area. They tend okay. to pancake otherwise um, in, if you, for, with earthquakes. They don't have that kind of uh, movability. Okay. But... It was also explained to me, and I didn't deep dive that much into the research. It also includes like houses that don't have a full garage, just like have like a cut, like have like a covered like parking space. Like the awning thing. Is, yeah, like has like what's it called? A dingbat. <laughs> yeah, it's called a dingbat. <laughs> I was, I, I'm not sure if it 100% falls into that category, but essentially, it is a building with covered parking that is not like a garage. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Nice. So two points to stew there. Very good job. I was worried no one would get that. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, okay, question number two, a little more open-ended, but uh, let's see how it goes. What is the purpose of a buttress? Buttress? 
Oh my god. I feel like we've had this before and I don't remember. <laughs> we've asked what um we've asked a question I know for sure that had buttress as the answer. Ah. But um at, as everyone who participates on the show and who listens to the show knows, <laughs> my memory as to past episodes cannot be relied on. Buttress? Buttress. I have no idea. It's they come in many forms, including flying oh, buttresses you see on cathedrals. Oh, well, okay. That threw it way off. I thought it, <laughs> I was, thought it was something with fireplaces. I thought it was something <laughs> with like dining ware, like fancy tableware. Right. No, this, this is, is a architecture. This is an architecture ground. It's, well, if you stack them it's all not just up. It's like a wall decoration, is it? <laughs> it is not a wall decoration. Oh, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I think I do. Is this like the term? Is it for like a, a gargoyle that's not gothic? No. Oh, no. <laughs> the Darth Vader. So buttresses, um, they almost like look like pillars, you know, on the sides of cathedrals, like the pointy things along the sides. Uh, the out, what they're doing is they're supporting the walls and they're distributing the weight oh. out further. So it allows them to build taller. Oh, is that like gotcha. the Taj Mahal where the, the four corner pillars stick like further out? No, this is almost... So like flying buttresses are very um prominent in european cathedrals so you know how like european cathedrals are not like smooth on the outside they've almost got like points and stuff okay yeah along the walls those are all those like promenations coming out from the side and stuff is like the big pillars coming down these are all flying buttresses and once they sink and go in the ocean they're flying dutchmen yes That is the circle of life. <laughs> Buttresses to Dutchman. Butts to Dutch. Butts to Dutch! <laughs> That's a show title. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been left unsupervised, guys. Babysitter left. <laughs> this is what Pirates of the Caribbean was all about. Butts to Dutch! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and uh oh. i'm gonna stop there because i could go way down <laughs> way down analogies there um so uh question number three uh this type of statue is di- differentiated from the similar but different grotesque by the fact that it contains a water spout for drainage oh Stu, go ahead Stu. a gargoyle it is a gargoyle <laughs> Yes, um, Ryan. I think this is where you were trying to get with your previous answer. What it is—a grotesque—is the same kind of statue as a gargoyle, right, right. but it doesn't really have as much of a functional purpose. A gargoyle is specifically only a gargoyle if it has a water spout. Got it. So, butts to Dutch, you want that water spout? <laughs> yeah. So you have grotesque to gargoyle. Which one's more flattering? I don't know. <laughs> Question number four. If I were to refer to something as Ionic, what architectural feature am I referring to? Ionic. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, like the door frame or like the doorway? No, it is not the doorway. Okay. If I refer to something as Ionic, what architectural feature am I referring to? It's the iambic pentameter. <laughs> Stu, would you like uh, would you like to guess before I sure. give a clue? Would this be the floors? Not the floors. Oh. 
Okay, I'm going to rephrase the question in two other ways, okay? okay. So in addition to the first one. So I'm going to say this question three times. Okay. 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 If I refer to something as ionic, what architectural feature am I referring to? If I refer to something as Doric, what architectural feature am I referring to? And if I refer to something as Corinthian, what architectural feature am I referring to? These are all referring to the same architectural feature. So Ionic, Doric, Corinthian. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. It's like vaulted ceilings? Not vaulted ceilings. Stew. Go ahead, Stew. Is this the roof? Not the roof. Um, these are columns. Oh. oh. These are how columns are decorated. Um, more specifically, the column caps at the top are how you do it. You know, whether they have like the scrolls. Yeah. Or all like the leaves and stuff. The leaves are very Corinthian in design. Got so. it. No points there. Ryan, where do we stand with points? We are at myself with one and Rachel with four and Stu also with four on his mm. architecture game. Yeah, you stood really well on that round. Thanks. And uh, we are going to get into some general trivia. Some geek bracket style. I almost copied the entire question set over to you. <laughs> I will not do that. I will just copy the round questions. So we're going to do oh. this geek bracket style. And uh, I'm going to paste uh, six round topics in for you two and you're going to go back and forth picking a round um since you're both tied we will start with uh rachel since her points are further back um but we have good taste in the air tonight greek speak troublemakers alphabet soup and parties over rachel which question do you want I couldn't pass up a Phil Collins question, so uh, in the air tonight it is. <laughs> All right. In the air tonight. What infectious disease got its name from the early <laughs> thought that it was literally bad air? I do have a second hint on this one, but what infectious disease got its name from the early thought that it was literally, quote, bad air? I always oh. forget that. Rachel. Stew? Rachel. I, uh... No, Rachel had it first. It's okay. All right. Tuberculosis. Not tuberculosis. Oh. Was that your guess, too? That was my guess, yeah. I have a backup. Pneumonia? Not pneumonia. Second clue is, while considered eradicated today, it can still be spread most dominantly by mosquitoes. Stew. Stew. Malaria? Malaria is correct. This is literally mal, as in bad, in area. (laughs) I didn't even put that together. That's so logical. <laughs> Literally bad air. One point to Stu, and uh, it is your uh, your choice. Oh, man. I want to do, was it alphabet soup? Was that what that was? Yeah, alphabet Alph- soup. Let's do alphabet soup. All right. Name either of the two international cities that are used in the NATO phonetic alphabet. So <laughs> Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Name either of the two international cities that are used in the NATO phonetic alphabet. Stu? Rachel. Uh, Stu. Quebec? Quebec is one. Quebec is the Q. Was that your guess, Rachel? No. (laughs) Did she answer the other one for points? (laughs) Uh, I just want to answer the other one to answer the other one. Go for it. 
Well, Delta, Colorado has an international airport. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny little Delta, Colorado is my <laughs> Uh, the other one would be Lima, as in Lima, Peru. Oh, okay. So two points to stew there. Lima and Quebec. Uh, Rachel, your pick. We still have uh, good taste, Greek speak, troublemakers, and parties over. Let's do Greek speak. Greek speak. All right. Almost a similar one, but uh, now that we are all experts in the Greek alphabet after the last two years, what letter is between beta and delta? Rachel. Oh. Rachel. Gamma. It is gamma. Well done. Alpha, Yay. beta, gamma, delta. Nicely done. Delta. All right, Stu, uh, last question. Party's over. Party's over. All right. This is an American history question. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Parties over. The Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854, a thinly veiled compromise act, split the country, ultimately leading to the Civil War and collapsed what political party of its time? Rachel? Rachel. The Whig? This was the Whig Party. Well yes, done. Indeed. Nice job. Well I don't know anything else about the Whig Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that I'm necessarily a history scholar, although we will get to that in the pick, but... um. They were a more of the urban, like city centralists, more so, and they were more. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, it's really hard because parties were so flipped and sort of represented different things back in the past. But was kind of loosely connected with the Federalists, but more actually government over, like more um, actually like pining for government regulations and stuff like that. Okay. That would be the Whig Party in uh, 1854. So nice job. All right. That is mm. halftime. And the scores are myself with one point, uh, Stu with seven points, and Rachel in the lead with eight points. Nice. And uh, Stu, it'll go back to you. Sweet. All righty. Uh, going back to a round I've done before, this is Popularity Contest. Hey, I'm going yeah. to give you the book, the fad, the game, the toy, the song, the movie, and various other things about the year. Uh, for the most popular thing of that year, and you have to tell me what year it was. Nice. Everybody will get two guesses. Uh, if you feel confident, call it out when you know it, um, but otherwise, I'll just go through the list. Oh, so are we just guessing, or are we doing? A, are we writing and doing closest to? Oh, yeah, let's have everybody play. That's more, that's more fun and fair, because um, it's going to be really hard to pin down an exact year. So, <clears throat> Alrighty. Question number one. The book, Half-Blood Prince. The fad, live strong bracelets, the game, psychonauts, the toy, Dora's talking kitchen, <laughs> the song, feel good ink, and the movie Batman Begins. Wow. Um, give, give you all a moment to write down your year. Okay. Start with Ryan. I'm which, ready. Okay, cool. 2005. Rachel. I also said 2005. Well, you both are exactly right. It is 2005. <laughs> well done. <laughs> there was a Reddit post yesterday. Somebody was talking about Batman Begins, and that's how I no know. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what they were talking about. It was about Batman Begins. Probably nice. was wearing a Livestrong bracelet. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Two points to each of you on that one. Question number two. 
The book, Valley of the Dolls, by Jacqueline Susan. The fad, Go-Go Boots. The game, Twister. The toy, Pogo Stick. The song, Paperback Writer by the Beatles. And the movie was El Dorado. These almost don't seem real. Like, I know. I forget how old. <laughs> the game, Pogo Stick. The toy, Ball in a Cup. <laughs> yeah, right. The activity, breathing. Breathing, uh, you're right. Looking at the clouds. <laughs> All right. Is an acceptable answer before I was born, long yeah. <laughs> before I was born. If you can give me approximately how many years before you were born, I will accept it. Uh, we'll start with Rachel whenever you're ready. I have 1972. Okay. And Ryan? 1968. Ooh, this one goes to Ryan. It is 1966. Oh, nice. Well done. Two points to Ryan. We've done Twister before, too. I, was, I know, I'm almost certain the, there was a year in the Twister question I had at some point in the past. Yeah. Um, I know we've actually talked about Twister a lot on the show. Fun, like, so I didn't know that the game had been out for like a little while, actually a while before that. But it wasn't until I think it was the Tonight Show they played yeah, it on TV. Carson, and, I think. Yeah, and then it just like exploded. Like the next day, they were all sold out everywhere, and that was like when Twister became like the thing. But it was like dead yeah. until then, which is just crazy. Nice two points to Ryan on that one. Question number three: The book "Across the River and Into the Trees" by Ernest Hemingway. The fad, poodle skirts. The game. <laughs> Candyland, the toy were just Little People by Fisher Price. The song, Don't Be Cruel by Elvis, and the movie, Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh, wow, that threw it way off. I don't know. <laughs> there there are different versions what... of Cheaper by the Dozen. Well, yeah, no, it was the Elvis. It was, I have no, I guess I don't know how modern or not Hemingway was, because I definitely like that just spanned like 70 years for me. <laughs> Don't second guess yourself. Uh, Just write down your first one <laughs> whenever you're ready. Crap. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down 1948. Alrighty, and Rachel? I put 1953. Ooh, uh, this one goes to Ryan by one year. It is 1950. Oh, that was Rough. my first thought, and I second guessed myself. Wow. Well done. I Hemingway was like 18, late 1800s. I thought so too. <laughs> And then well, he said I mean, Elvis. And I was like, what? He wrote for a long time. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's also just the most popular book of that year. It's entirely possible uh, that it was true. published well before then. And then it just rose to fame at that time. Much like Twister. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Question number four and the final question of my round. The book, The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. The fad. Damn, Daniel. The video game. <laughs> Inside, the toy was the pie face game by Hasbro. The song was One Dance by Drake. And the movie was Finding Dory. What the <laughs> heck is that fat? Am I just so old? <laughs> and what I'm is 26 inside? 26 years old. I should you know, know these fads. I'm wow. not too old, I don't think. You don't remember the damn Daniel thing where you look down at the sneakers and you go, damn, Daniel. <laughs> no. no, I have no <laughs> recollection of this at all. And I was, and this was before, this was when I was still out and about in society. Um, oh society hasn't shunned me yet. I can't. Well, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you can get it off the other ones. <laughs> the movie should really, really uh, 
put it into perspective. I'll repeat them again. The book was The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. The fad was Damn Daniel. The video game was Inside and the toy was Pie Face Game by Hasbro. Song One Dance by Drake and the movie was Finding Dory. We'll start with Rachel whenever you are ready. I have 2017. And Ryan? Oh man, I I put 2011. It was 2016. This is two points to Rachel. Nice. Yeah, it was all about the movie. Yeah. I have no idea what the first four of those are. I didn't know the book. I knew pretty much everything else, though. I wasn't sure if the... (laughs) Yeah, sorry. That one was a little rougher. But yeah, no, it was 2016. It kind of flew by, so... Apparently. (laughs) What was inside? Why do inside I not is, that? Inside is basically like the um oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the it's the it's a side scroller platformer that is like dark. Um inside is I can't remember the name of the first one. That was limbo? more like too much limbo, yes. It was basically like limbo, but it was like a more detailed and advanced version of it. You're like uh. this escapee from this like testing facility, and you it's you're a kid, it's like really, really dark. Um and crazy so how do i literally not know what it is it's apparently a very (laughs) very good game i haven't played it i played limbo but i haven't played inside nice all right well that's the end of my round myself and Stuart tied with seven and rachel is at 12 uh rachel is your round so i talked my myself out of a colorado specific round uh (laughs) because it would be too specific for most people to be able to answer that's good trivia so, logic there. <laughs> yes, thank you. So I just instead named my round the best of the West. The best of the West. Best of the West. Um, and it is <laughs> quite literally the best of the West. So um, question number one. What is the most visited national park west of the Mississippi? Ryan. Stu. Uh, I heard Ryan first. Yeah. The Grand Canyon? It is the Grand Canyon. Two points to Ryan. Well done. Um, these questions do get progressively harder. Oh, man. Okay. I noticed that. It actually was not intentional, but I noticed that as I was writing. Question number two. What is the largest volcano in the western United States? Ryan. Uh, before you answer, I will say it is the western contiguous United States. Okay. Still want to answer, Ryan? Yeah, that didn't change anything. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make oh, sure. Oh, I guess if it was Hawaii or something. Is it Mount St. Helens? It's not Mount St. Helens, which, fun fact, erupted on my dad's birthday in 1986. Really? Oh. Yep, May 18th. In with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, do you have a guess? I'm trying to remember volcanoes. <laughs> They're the splody ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> not the chili ones <laughs> yeah I, I don't even think this is the right spot uh, Old Faithful it's not it's a geyser but I'm I'm gonna give you one point in that stew I mean you got wingbats be- once dingbats dingbats sorry <laughs> no and the reason is because Old Faithful is part of the Yellowstone Caldera oh okay got oh. it it is just kind of Yellowstone is a super volcano and uh, Old Faithful is just one of the many things sitting on top of it, letting off uh, pressure. Wait, so it's considered the largest volcano, but it just is dormant? It's not fully dormant because Yellowstone exists. Well, yeah, but it is clearly active. 
it hasn't exploded in a long time. It's about to. Yeah, it's going to. I think. I think. What did they say? The last timeline I saw was like every like six million years or something like that. It explodes. Yeah, we're due like, for it. <laughs> we are due, but when like when they say due, I was reading something on it. When they say due, they're like in the next like two hundred thousand years or so. <laughs> when they say do, it's like it's not like in the next twenty years. Oh, oh you okay. made it sound like don't go on your road trip this year. <laughs> well, here's a, a little bit of consolation. It doesn't matter if you go on your road trip if Yellowstone explodes. That's true. <laughs> so it's you might such, as well be right there. It has the potential to cause an ice age and wa- wipe out the population of the world. <laughs> If it explodes. So uh, you can choose your way to die, I guess. You know, as they say, pick your poison. Old faithful it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is a super volcano. There are a few of them around the world. That's one of them. Okay. What is the largest bird in the Western United States? It's also the largest bird in North America, and it is critically endangered. Hmm. Ryan? Go ahead, Ryan. Is it a falcon? It is not a falcon. I would consider these birds adjacent to birds of prey. How adjacent? They eat meat. Um, oh god. I can go again. But, um... <laughs> Let's do answer first. It's... I think it's a type of vulture. But I have no idea, like, on specifics there. That might be totally wrong, too. Would you like to make a guess? I will have to make you be a little specific. A turkey vulture. It's, it's not, not a, a turkey, turkey vulture. vulture. <laughs> those are around here, and those are big, but they are not the biggest bird in the U.S. Ryan, yeah, I, do you have your second guess? I was just going to say vulture. <laughs> I can't specify further. I'm not sure if they're in the vulture family or they're like just kind of the same thing, but vultures are definitely highly similar to these birds. Um, Stu, do you have one more guess? I don't know. It is a California condor. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're absolutely huge. They are critically endangered and they're essentially like vultures. They're not very pretty looking, but I respect them for what they are. Yeah. You're not very pretty, but I respect you. for. (laughs) I respect you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> question number four. What's the state wa- state flower of Colorado? Oh, um, objection. Ryan. This, this, <laughs> this question is clearly weighted in, in Ryan's favor. To be fair, Ryan is not from Colorado. Nobody has more exposure. Sorry, I don't care. Go for it, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I can't. It was wrong. <laughs> It feels awkward to say, but is it the Columbine? It is the Columbine. Okay. Yes, it is two points, and Stu, I will be more cognizant of that in the future. I don't know. It's totally fine. It, it shouldn't be weird to say there are so many things named after Columbine. Ryan, in Colorado, I went to Columbine Elementary School, and on that day in 1999, yeah. I was at school at Columbine. <laughs> yeah. A totally unrelated school more than a hundred miles away. Right. That has no relation just because there are a lot of places named Columbine because it's a very pretty flower. That's fair. Yeah. Well, going into the final round, uh Stu has eight points and I have eleven points and Rachel has twelve points. So 
It is still so by uh, default. Ryan can't win. By default, that is true. <laughs> except for you're going to get lots of negative points. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to do that. You told me I couldn't do that to you. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Well, this is Media Matha Mash. Just one oh, of God. our. Uh, oh yeah, I am going to get negative points. <laughs> <laughs> Custom rounds where uh, I will give a uh, descriptive phrase that has uh, two pieces of media and a computation that you have to do. So all of these properties have a number in the title. Um, And in this case, it will always be one TV show and one book. Not always in that order. Uh, It could be a book and then a TV show, but there will always be one TV show and one book. And then, like I said, a basic basic arithmetic, subtraction, addition, multiplication, division, something like that. And uh, what you need to do is give me the final number that is the result of that. Cool. So, question number one. While on his government job, he secretly tries to take books for his stash while subtracting the head writer and her crew of this top network sketch comedy show that takes place in downtown Manhattan. I'll give you a second to read it again. Uh, While on his government job, he secretly tries to take books for his stash while subtracting the head writer and her crew for this top network sketch comedy show that takes place in downtown Manhattan. Oh God! What's the other thing? Um. Oh my God. <sighs> I didn't go to school for math, dude. Um. I right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I think I got this. Okay. Hang on, Stu. Stu. To be one thousand nine hundred and fifty-four. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I got the book wrong. <laughs> I have no idea what the book is. While on his government job, he secretly tries to take books fr- for his stash while subtracting the head writer and her crew oh. for this top network sketch comedy show that takes place in downtown Manhattan. Rachel? Rachel. 1954? No. That's what I said! That's what you said? Oh, I heard it wrong. <laughs> How? What? I have no I idea what either of you were thinking about. You said about. it correctly. <laughs> what properties are you two thinking of? I'm thinking of 1984, and then I'm thinking of 30 oh. Rock. Uh, yeah. It's not 1984. Yeah, I have the book wrong. <laughs> he does take a book, right? I or am I just not? No, he doesn't. And I just read 1984 like a few weeks ago. Okay. He Why? has a diary, and then there is oh, sort of a, a fabled book, but that's it's... not the scope of, of 1984. Okay. And, well, I guess technically uh, he works for the government, but... I have yeah, a he guess. does. That's why I was like, uh... I have a guess. Rachel. Okay. 421? Yeah, 421 yeah. is correct. Oh, God, that was so hard. <laughs> His government <laughs> job up. as a firefighter. In uh, Fahrenheit 451, and then you got 30 Rock, Liz Lemon, downtown Manhattan. Nice. That's fair. I, I see where you. I see where you guys were going. <laughs> one, I give one point to Rachel there. Question number two: The realities of being a teenager are tough, especially when you're rich, spoiled, and it's your birthday. Just add the audio tapes that make it clear every detail that led to your suicide. Can you re- Can you say it again? 
Can I respeak it? Yes. Yeah, respeak it, please. You've broken me. The, re- <laughs> the realities of being a teenager are tough, especially when you're rich, spoiled, and it's your birthday. Just add in the audio tapes that make clear every detail that led to your suicide. This got very dark very fast. Still? Still. Got 90,223. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ryan, can you say the question? 90,000? <laughs> well, all right. Never mind. Just, just, just do the question again. <laughs> Sorry. Every answer is valid. Oh, oh, 90,000 is really far off. Uh, the realities of being a teenager are tough, especially when you're rich, spoiled, and it's your birthday. Just add in the audio tapes that make it clear every detail that led to your suicide. Rachel? Rachel. 29. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where Stu got his numbers from. <laughs> I thought it was 90210. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not my super sweet 90,000th birthday. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! My super sweet sixteen and thirteen reasons why uh, a book and a TV show, uh, but a book first. So uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number three: In 1866, as many nations sight a large mysterious sea monster, the U.S. assembles an expedition in New York City, adding this Burroughs Bureau, led by an immature but talented detective in his precinct, led by a new overly serious captain. Rachel? Rachel. 40,099? No. Maybe I did the math wrong. I think you did can something you, wrong. Can, can you repeat it? Sorry. Yeah. In 1866, as many nations sight a large, mysterious sea monster, the U.S. assembles an expedition in New York City, adding this Burroughs Bureau, led by an immature but talented detective in his precinct, led by a new and overly serious captain. I'm trying to think of the name of the show. Um, this Burroughs Bureau is my favorite part of this. I think I have the book wrong, actually. I think that's where I'm going wrong. I can't think of the name of the show. Mysterious sea monster. In 1866, as many nations sight a large, mysterious sea monster, the U.S. assembles an expedition in New York City, adding this Burroughs Bureau led by an amateur but talented detective in his precinct, led by a new and overly serious captain. Okay. So I just have the book wrong. Okay. Do you know what the right book is? No. I thought it was the 40,000, but... Yeah. It oh. is not. Oh, that's why you got 40,099. Okay, I got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Still? I mean, I don't have the book anymore. Oh <laughs> like, I just now know why Rachel answered that way. But thank you. Now I know what the show is. You guys. Uh, nope. <laughs> I got oh. nothing. Rachel, you're... You're so close, but you traveled too far. You didn't need to go 40,000 leagues. You needed to go 20,000 leagues under the sea. I thought it was 40 as well. I I was so convinced it was 40. I thought I had the wrong book when I got it wrong. (laughs) I literally had it written down too. 20,000 leagues under the sea plus Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's just like, you're so close. I know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that would be 20,099 for 20,000 leagues under the sea and Brooklyn 99. Uh, no points there, but question number four, last question of the game. There is no escaping the circumstances of this World War II bomber just hoping to stay alive in the absurdity of war while multiplying the fact that we're just a couple of waitresses trying to make every last penny count. There is no escaping the circumstances of this World War II bomber just hoping to stay alive in the absurdity of war while multiplying the fact that we're just a couple of waitresses trying to make every last penny count. Any guesses? I know the show, but I uh, said to say I don't know the book. I Yeah, the book is just, no, I have no idea. <laughs> it's a classic, but maybe a little just slightly obscure. Uh, you're definitely going to know the title. There is no escaping the circumstances of this World War II bomber just hoping to stay alive in the absurdity of war while multiplying the fact that we're just a couple of waitresses trying to make every last penny count. So you both know, I'm guessing that it's two broke girls and yeah. you multiply uh, the fact that is a catch 22. Oh. oh. That'd be I, Catch-22, uh, the book. Have n- I, I've never read it. Uh, nice. I'm going to read it soon. It's, it's a goal of mine this year to read through a lot more of the classics. So I did 1984 and Animal Farm, uh, Catch-22, and some more will be on the list soon. That's okay. That is the end of the game, and the scores are uh, Stu with 8, myself with 11, but Rachel taking it home with 15 points. Oh, nice one. They say go big or go home, and I'm already <laughs> home. <laughs> 20,000, 40,000 leagues <laughs> far from home. I have always been upfront and honest that I didn't go to school for math. I'm not good at math. I don't like even like giant creatures. <laughs> no! <laughs> I have whatever the phobia is of the thing swimming beneath you. Oh, God. I believe that's the butts to Dutch fear. <laughs> Don't touch the butt. <laughs> the butts to Dutch, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, well, we can get to a couple of picks where each episode, a couple of us give a game experience from the cool like that, something cool that we recommend you check out. And uh, today, Stu, you have a pick. I do. Uh, mine is a band. Uh, it is a band called Elephant Jim. Uh, huh. spelled like a gymnasium, right? G-Y-M. It is a, it's a rock, it's a math rock band, I guess I should specify. I uh, they're that. from Taiwan, and I think two of them are siblings. They are, it, it's hard to describe what Elephant Gym is like. <laughs> it really is. It's a math rock band, and if you've never listened to math rock, then I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, and Elephant Gym is a great place to start. It's, I, it's actually very, very hard to put into words. There's not a lot of lyrics, or if there are lyrics, I think that they're in another language. Um, but I'm having a hard time describing what Elephant Jim <laughs> really is. Uh, it's like nothing else. You got to just listen to Elephant Jim. Go on Spotify and listen to him. Uh, it is a very good background music. It's great for productivity. I'll tell you that. Um, so if you're coding or trying to get a lot of work done and focus, then Throw on an Elephant Gym album. <laughs> I have never even heard of this band, but I, I can just already tell I'm going to love it. And yeah, as somebody who like 
every time I try to describe the genre of anything to anyone, it's impossible. <laughs> it's so tough. But I love, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love this as yeah. well immediately. I've definitely, I have a few like Japanese instrumental bands that I listen to that I just like have listened to since, since college that I would listen to when I had to get papers turned out and stuff like that. Hell yes. That's I'm right there with you. <laughs> Yeah, nice. so that would be Elephant Gym. Go look them up on Spotify. It is a band for math rock. Nice. We'll have a link. And yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Um, I also have a pick. I have a podcast uh, based on that uh, Kansas, Nebraska Act question. You can think, realize that I, I've been listening to some uh, history podcasts. I don't know where it came from. I just started listening to a bunch of random podcasts and downloading stuff. And uh, also listen to like just some um kind of just like moments in history of different stuff and then that turned me on to an abraham lincoln audiobook and then i started listening to this podcast which is from wondery which i think we've shouted out some of their shows before but this is american history tellers Ooh. and um this is a i don't know maybe i'm just getting old and getting into <laughs> history uh but it is uh there are 42 different seasons now and different they're all different sections so they're all roughly um six or seven episodes or so and um they're really good so one about prohibition i i listened to one about uh political parties uh i just listened to one on the history of national parks which is actually i mean there are you know there's uh, a lot of craziness, and I, I think one of the things that I've I've noticed as I've been listening to these, they're they're enough that I can normally get through, you know, one of them a day or so. Um, is that you? Just, you start connecting timelines in your head as you're listening to this, and you start listening to presidents, and you're like, oh, I know, okay, I know who Taft is, or oh, I know, okay, the 1850s, that's like Civil War, but they're talking about expansion in California and different stuff, and you start just connecting dots in your head of all the stuff that's going on. And uh, the host, uh, his name is Lindsey Graham. Uh, he is not, he will be quick to say that he is not that Lindsey Graham of uh, current politics, but uh, Lindsey Graham has a, an amazing voice for this. And these are very, um, almost all of these start, like each section starts like, imagine it's December, you know, 1863 and you're in a small speakeasy in New York or something like that. And it like really takes you through it's semi, um, semi kind of narrated where they sort of almost voice act parts of it as you're going through the actual story of these different things. And, um, like I said, it's, it's quite good, quite worth it. And it's a very easy one to just kind of pick what looks interesting and just dive into that series. Like I said, each one is roughly six or seven episodes. And there's a lot more of these that I'm definitely going to be churning through. Nice. Lindsey Graham is a very good podcast narrator. I'm a really big fan of the Wondery podcasts. Yeah. And he's a really good narrator. Yeah, definitely. I'm so. a sucker That's for a awesome. good po- podcast narrator, like a good voice, a good podcast narrator. Mm. He got me. <laughs> yep. He's a great one. And I've like I said, I've been just just picking out a bunch of different podcasts that I had never listened to before. And uh, the great thing about coming into a podcast that's been going on for years that you're just stumbling on is that there is a giant plethora of episodes to listen to, which is awesome. So American History Tellers by Wondery, and I will have a link for it, but definitely one to check out. Awesome. 10 out of 10 to recommend. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And uh, thank you to uh, the team here, Rachel and Stu. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. 
And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody.